Welcome to the RVA Returners Podcast, your number one source for all things Final Fantasy TCG, sponsored by Ultimate Guard. Opus 9 was officially here. The case had come across my desk. I was giddy with all the new pieces to the puzzle that I could play with. I had the cases spread out on my desk when she walked in. I could tell she was not from around here. She looked like one of those, what do you call them? I'll bed. She sat down across from my desk, looked at all the different archetypes and the different photos on my desk. She looked up at me. She had that look in her eye, and that look means she only wanted one thing, trouble. And the next episode of the RVA Returners podcast, guys, we are back. I'm your host, Chris Adams, with me once again, and soon to be a permanent fixture here on the cast. We got John Schreiner. John, say hi to everybody. Hello, everybody. Man, I'm going to tell you right now, it has been tough to stay focused this week. <laughs> Am I right? Am I right? It is. I'm sitting here having a tough time focusing. <laughs> it's like I'm looking at like my computer. I'm looking at the switch. Looking at my computer. Looking at my switch. I had to put it physically but... behind me. Like like not metaphorically. <laughs> physically, I had to put it behind me to move on. Dude, it's been tough, right? Cuz you know, obviously also, we love you know we love Final Fantasy here on the podcast, but we are die-hard Fire Emblem fans. And this week, Three Houses was released, and we have just been. I'm like Final Fantasy who? Yeah, and that's why this week we're not talking about Final Fantasy at all. That's right, we're talking about Fire Emblem: The Three Houses, ladies and gentlemen. That's right, we are back. <laughs> I I am your host, the Professor of the Blue Lions House, <laughs> and I am your host, the Professor of the Golden Deer. Oh, oh man, I think that's what we have to name the episode. So some, give it some sort of like fire emblem name, just to really throw people for a loop. Yeah, we'll call it the uh, whatever the trial, what the battle of the lions and deer or whatever it is. Oh no, the, the the eagle, the battle of the war of the eagle and lion. That's exactly it, right there. And the people will there think that is. we messed up the uh, the tactics title. <laughs> exactly. Oh, that's even better. That's even better, suckers suckers next time you listen before you start making your judgments but no as much as i really could sit here and talk about fire emblem for an hour chris i'm sure the people at home are looking for us to talk about something else well they gotta have something to listen to while they play fire emblem but no um yeah you know we've got a lot going on it was a pretty light week overall um this is the first week that opus 9 was legal for events and there were some Masters events in Japan. There were some LQs that went go, uh, went on this week. Uh, we had some uh, some of our favorite people qualify this week. Um, and then we've got Gen Con coming up. It's, I mean, it's five days away. And, you know, and then we're going to talk about just, um, you know, since Opus 9 is still very fresh on the brain, you know, our main topic, we're just going to kind of talk about individual cards that we think have been, you know, kind of, kind of standouts but like kind of break it down by element but you know john before we get into that you know where we're going i have a hunch oh oh man <laughs> that your your you know your detective's instinct always serves you well why don't you john why don't you, why don't you tell us where we're going there's no reason to beat around the bush because you know you knew <laughs> you knew we're you on knew? the case for the news All right, so 
first up, <laughs> um, we had a couple of, uh, I guess, the Masters events for Opus 9 have uh, started to kick off. Um, first things first, uh, the trophies that they get for those are sick. Uh, the playmat is sick. And I believe, oh. are those that same art, the the Shantoto and the Prish, are, are those Dude, on sleeves as well? even. Their sleeves, oh, don't even, man. Final Fantasy XI, <laughs> I love it so much. And it's like, it's not just brand new art. They're like Prish is holding Final Fantasy cards. It's so cool. We're never gonna and, see and why these. Can't we get that We're literally once, never gonna see this, so dude. We're, yes, that's what's so frustrating dude. about it is is it's like, oh, here's my another. This is my next fifty dollar pair of sleeves, I guess. Like Jesus mm-hmm. Christ, pretty much because I want some and I want some real bad. Yeah, I want them but, yesterday. Uh, oh <laughs> man, I want. Yeah, I, you you nailed it right on the head. But uh, so we, you know, you get all those wonderful things uh, at these um, at these uh, Masters tournaments. And now these are ma- these are qualifier events for the Masters final, if I'm not mistaken, because like the winners of these get to play in the ma- the Masters finals. If I believe that's how the structure. Yes, of those I, works. I'm pretty sure because you know the way that we get the news for this stuff is um, we we don't have the ticker. We have to like take a fine tooth comb and just kind of go through Twitter. And hope you're following the right foreign accounts. And then you have to like hope that the tweets are translating the right way. And let me tell you, it took me like 10 minutes to figure out that it was talking about an invite passing down. Because whatever the word or phrase they were using for like an invite or a qualification was something where I was just like... Like the translation just was not one to one. I was very... <laughs> I, was oh, like, yeah, we, we I could not figure uh, out what it was saying for a while. <laughs> much like the troop of warrior poet uh, poets Fleetwood Mac... We're definitely just secondhand news when it comes to this stuff. Yeah. So, um, but there was two of them. They they actually happened back to back in two different areas. Um, I'm not sure where they were at, but I know the first one was kind of small. Didn't only have like what five or six players in it. I heard five. Five, and this one was won by this crazy like three color Agrius deck. It reminds me of Hunter's uh, Week One deck. And let me tell you, he was he was quick to be like. I played this week one. <laughs> <laughs> it was it was literally just a bunch of like just Opus Nine bombs in a deck with Agrius. Yeah. Um I mean, looks cool. I mean, I'm not sure you know how viable it is, but again, I've been saying it for the last you know you know three or four sets. I feel like they're playing a very different game over there, and I feel like their cards do different things than our cards. So I don't know. I don't know, but um. You know, congratulations to the winner of that. I mean, there's not really much to talk about there. there that that particular event, that's the only deck I saw from that event. Mm-hmm. But the one the one that took place the next day, um, I don't know exactly how many players were in that one. But I know I that they had know... like a pretty serious bracket, so there were yeah, probably oh, yeah. a good amount of people. Mm-hmm. And this one was won by Wind Water. Um, again, I apologize, I don't know the player's name, but. His Windwater list looked extremely different. Like, it was very light on forwards. It was more heavy on summons. Like, it was a lot more all-in on the mill strategy that Windwater's kind of, you know, doing these days. Yeah. Um, I do know that he won a previous Masters. The guy who won was already qualified, so the qualifier passed down. Oh, there it is. I I sifted that out of the the ruins when I was... Oh, indeed. And I was, like, scratching the walls trying to figure out what happened at these events now i know um the top eight of this event all of the decks were, i want to say it was eight completely different decks 
Um, I know there was a mono fire list that has actually been shown. Um, let me see that. It was um, a little bit different. I know it had some pretty wacky things. I'm actually getting ready to pull it up now because uh, Bon, uh, Bon's Final Fantasy Corner actually shared those lists. Oh please! Yeah, so there was a there was a mono fire list that had, it was running. Uh, you know, Gaius, Nail, um, Rattan, three copies of Emperor Zande. We had bombs. We had we had an Opus Two Furion sighting in this deck. Ladies and gentlemen, man, fucking turn your milk cartons around and see that guy's picture on the back of that. Um, because <laughs> that one and I believe it's I can't tell. Uh, no, running Bergen. Um, but it, it wasn't just mono fire actually. It actually had an earth splash in it. It was running uh Shantoto, three Hecaton chairs, the fight chair, three uh Bygen, which again I know Bygen's really neat with um with something like Hecaton chair. And actually the bomb Bygen interaction is really cool too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, just blow up your own guy. Yeah, blow up because b- bomb does what, four K to the entire board? Yes, yeah, so it was just enough to uh to trigger your... Activate Bygen, and then mm-hmm. Bygen just goes ahead and wipes the board on the other side. Yeah, pop, pop. He's literally <clears throat> the only Earth forward in that deck. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So, really neat list. Um, and then we had um, our first glimpse at Opus 9 Mono Lightning, which you would, you know, you, you kind of expect it, right? Usually when a new set comes out, Mono Lightning is always just kind of right there at the forefront. Because, you know, we talk about this every Opus. It's just generically good. There's, the cards can just... You know, they, they just they just get there, right? They're just fast. They usually have really good, like, one-for-one type of answers. Um, and really, the only new cards that this mono list was playing, it was running a... Dude, uh, it had three of Shanty Bacnami. Shanty Town Zidane. <laughs> well, it was running... Oh, yeah. <laughs> sure was. Goblin, it had Maya in there. It was running the... Um... Dude, Bacnami. Yeah, dude, that card's good. That card is good now, especially with, uh, you know, you've got another Gromis target. I can't stop talking about that. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I mean, we're, the, the fact that it's running homeless Zidane is really cool. I think that's really neat. <laughs> but but overall, I mean, and I like the fact that you know you're, it's it's running the cipher to now search out. You know, I don't believe it's running a it's running a dia and a Maya. Maya, So you've got dude, it's so good. That cipher is like what right now. Big fan. Absolutely. Absolutely. But then when you pull up the wind water list, this, um, again, like I said, super, super light on forwards. It's only running one Veritas, three Zidane, three Fina, uh, your normal pain suite, three of the starter, one of the uh, three drop, and then three Porms. So they're, they're not going on. They're not on the Lina plan. There's no Yizamat in here. Oh, no, buddy. Um, we got Yag Rosh to protect dude. Riku. We've got Asuras to mug more often. Dude, we mm-hmm. are... We are going in for the win. And we've got White Mage to stop any other kind of Porum shenanigans. Mm-hmm. Uh, we've got Artemisian to, you know, clean up the grip. One uh, one ch- uh, Chuchulain to, I don't really know what that's for. I guess when it works, it works. Um, but we've also got three Chicago deep dish Famfrits fam- uh, in this list, too. Dude, he's got two Alexanders, three regular uh-huh. Famfrits, three Valfors, three deep dish Famfrits, and three Diabolos. And two Asuras and the Kukuli. It's one, two, three, four, five, six, nine, eleven, seventeen summons. Whew. Oof. And two Layak. Yeah. This guy does not want you to have any fun at all. At all. Yeah, this guy does but... not do damage. No, doesn't give a shit. Doesn't <laughs> care. 
because you're just not going to have any cards in your deck when this thing's said and done. Because that's clearly all in on the mill plan. And we can kind of dive into that a little bit more. You know, we've talked we've we've talked about wind water a lot um, because it's it's kind of the what I don't want to use the word the deck to beat for Opus Nine, but it definitely is a huge huge um, meta just meta player right now for Opus Nine. But that's all we've seen so far from that side. Um, I, I'm pretty sure other deck lists will pop up, but I've only seen those three, and I believe all three of those lists were in top eight of the event. Hmm. Um, but uh, you know, moving on from that, kind of a little more on the domestic side. I know there were some more LQs happening. Um, I know that Epic Games had their LQ, which was actually streamed, which uh, really cool. Um, if you haven't, if you didn't see that, go back and watch that. I believe the video is. You can either find it on their Facebook or on YouTube. Um, I believe, I can't remember, I didn't finish the finals. Was it the Final Fantasy IX deck that won? Or was it Mono Lightning? I don't remember. Um, I'm not you sure, may, you, may have, you may have to jump in on the case on that one, because I, I honestly do not remember. I'm not sure. I, I might have to, I might have to peek. Dude, I've been the ostrich this week with my head buried. <laughs> Dude, so deep. So deep, but I do know I do know uh, Final Fantasy Nine, uh, Re- uh, Firewater Final Fantasy Nine was in the finals. I know that for a fact. Yeah, which is exciting. So, absolutely, but also you know, exciting is the best word to choose for uh, this next bit of news. Uh, the, the other member of the Calvary, Mister Matthew Rice, uh, went to a local qualifier this weekend and actually he qualified. He did it. He did it. Um, he had been having kind of a rough start to the season. Um, and now he just, you know, playing wind water, um, obviously, which we've mentioned again. Um, but yeah, he was actually able to, you know, take down his qualifier. He is now going to nationals this year. So I can't wait to see what he does there. Uh, really proud of him. Big congratulations there, Matthew Rice. Uh, can't wait to see you at Gen Con. I've got a beer for you. Dude. Yes, absolutely. Congrats to Mr. Rice. Also, it was a uh, first place. The yep. obviously nine deck. It did win. Okay. Okay, um, and I believe there are some different kind of tech choices in there. I just do not remember. Talk yeah. to me, John. Do you got the list in front of you? Yeah, so uh, he beat the Ice Earth in the finals, okay. like you said. Ice Earth in the finals. Yeah, um, I mean, for the most part, he's got very normal. I mean, it's just like, insert every nine character that's water and fire here. Like, he is playing mm-hmm. Mog 9 backup. Um I don't know, ninjas and sages, he's going to do the thing he is playing forward Zidane. You know, he is kind of doing the haste the, the, route. The water one, the little two guy? Yeah, two he's drop. got, yeah, exactly. He's got the Belias as well. Sure. Yeah, so, I mean, okay. Porum just helps. Uh, Porum is literally the only Opus 9 card in this deck. It uh, just gives you your right. uh, Phoenixes back. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's, that's <laughs> literally what the expectation was for that deck, that it was literally just going to insert couple copies of Porum, two or three. There's no wrong answer there. Yeah. Uh, the Ice and, Earth deck actually had gone more the tax route, had three skill to it. It was playing Bane, and then uh, mm-hmm. was playing New Vincent and New Gabrant. So, was it also was it also playing backup lock to make sure yeah, it gets the, the skill to Yeah, there's one backup lock, but there is a Luminous mm-hmm. Puma, so that's a little... Oop. Okay. And then uh, okay. In, there was this dragon as well. This dragon and Glazia. Okay, too. gotcha. Yeah. Okay. Cool. So, so yeah. some really interesting lists. We're definitely seeing a lot of, uh, you know, a lot of 
returning archetypes. That's kind of expected. There are a lot of returning archetypes with just the splashing of these cards that we just absolutely expected from, well, you know, from Jump. I mean, this is week one, right? These people are in a weirder position almost than the people. So the people last weekend had to play in the Shadow meta, sure. But basically, yeah, absolutely. you just play in the same meta and just it's almost as if you just dodged that Luma deck. Like, that could have happened anyway, right? Yeah. But this mm -hmm. is, these guys had to try and qualify for Nats with, like, everything mm -hmm. is open. Like, it's just a totally, yeah. you got the blank the Jeopardy board West. in front of you, and you're trying to hit the daily double. It's like, <laughs> uh, okay, well, my best bet is to just stick with something I've already been playing. I already mm -hmm. know, this Firewater 9 deck, and put two mm -hmm. cards in. <laughs> because that, it's like... Easy peasy, uh, lemon squeezy. Yeah, I think Get that's cracking. why we see a lot of these that are just very, very minor changes to established mm -hmm. decks. I think Gen Con is where we might see uh, some some fresh stuff pop up if it's out there, if it's waiting, bubbling right under no, the surface. Absolutely, and that's kind of the the biggest portion of the news here that we're going to talk about. Um, you know, Gen Con, like I said, is five days away. Um, we have a constructed event on Friday for a world's qualification spot, and then I believe the sealed event is on Saturday for another, um, you know, world's qualification spot for North America. Now let's 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 get the the easy one out of the way first. Let's talk about the sealed portion. Um, hmm. So I believe it's going to be like it was last time. You get what nine packs? Um, I believe it's, uh, I wasn't it there. Packs? You're the pro. You're the pro. I think I, it's not. I, I I was there long enough to open nothing but good cards for Opus Seven to open the winning kit. <laughs> Pretty much. Oh, uh, they needed you. Register the list. Yeah. Write a wonderful note to the eventual winner on the back of it. And then I played like one round and I said, fuck this. I'm out. I'm tired. I'm going to bed. So I just took the cards that I drafted that or the cards that the pool that I ended up with, which was okay. Um, and then just went to bed. But um, I know for those who didn't go last year, um, I believe it's, I believe it's nine packs, but you open those up, you register, you don't, you don't keep the pool that you open. You register it. You turn it back in, then they get redispersed, and you're assigned a you know a table, and you build your deck from the pool that's at that chair waiting for you when you get back. Mm -hmm. And that's that's one way to I guess I I don't want to say prevent I don't know if, and I know that that last time the cards weren't marked, um but obviously you register every single card so that's how you know cheating is prevented right um so exactly but no like. But you know, like I said, I, I I kept telling Adam, I was like, I'm not playing this time. That's the green light for you to win. Go get him. Yeah, go go. But, he got second last time, um, man. He sure did. He sure did. Like I said, he lost to the kit that I pulled for uh, David Pye, which uh, uh, or David Pay. I believe he will be there this year again too. I hope he is because uh, he's you know had he's been you know writing all these sealed primers if you or draft primers if you've seen any of his articles. That he really really smart limited player. So any of the articles you see him post um about you know limited. Just please, by all means, read them. It'll definitely make you a better limited player. Yeah, but, um, I mean, I think that uh, it's a little bit off-putting that they don't have any NAS invites and that they are these weird small-capped events. A sealed event with a world's invite is strange. But, I mean, I know that that's it, kind of a, a dead horse, but it just it yeah, it, feels it, it's weird. It's very strange, um, especially when, I mean, let's be honest, how do we how do we really feel about Opus Nine sealed? Now, granted, there's not been a lot of um, a lot of time with it, 
but I, I, I don't really know what to make of it. Um, I don't, I don't dislike it, but I definitely don't think it's as good as the last few sets have been for limited. But again, it's, it's still very, very early. So I, I leave my judgment pretty open on this one. Yeah, so I mean, uh, I, I think that one thing about this that is there are a lot of synergies that are between elements that are really difficult to get all the pieces to in sealed, but at the same time, we all did like six-pack, so nine-pack should help a lot with a lot of that. Mm-hmm. Um, so I am glad that they're doing nine-packs, and I don't know, I mean, it is what it is, right? Everybody's on the same playing field, so mm-hmm. I don't think that there are any like crazy bombs. Mm-hmm. I just think the removal is yeah. a little weird. It's all mm-hmm. combat and combat tricks. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> and I may be wrong about the nine packs. I just honestly do not remember. No, I'm pretty like, sure it's see- nine packs. Okay, because like sealed last year at Gen Con was an absolute blur. Like I was there, then I wasn't, and I I just I barely remember going back to the Airbnb. <laughs> yeah, how was the well, nap though? Was the nap good? Oh, the, the rest of I, your, I, uh, I remember waking up when Adam was in semifinals against uh, Jonathan Ciordia. Like, is this my like, oh, dream? Well, is this real yeah. life? I was like, oh shit! And he's doing this on no sleep. So I was, I was, I thought that was just a really, really, you know, awesome moment, you know, for him, and just you know, really cool seeing that happen. And then it just, it was awful that the pool that I had was the one that actually won the whole thing. I thought I was like, fuck, are you kidding me? It's awful. It's pretty funny, though. It but, was really, it was very funny that you wrote the note on the back. It made for a great story. It was podcast gold, as we like to call it. Yeah, it still is. It's still, it's still like people gather around the campfire and they tell that story. Oh, we, we love spinning that yarn. Yeah. It's great. Yeah. But, uh, you know, the, but the, the, big, the big event that people are going to have their eyes on is obviously the constructed side. Um, and, you know, like you said, we are seeing a lot of safe stuff, again, as expected. Now... I still expect to see a lot of safe stuff going into Gen Con. And, you know, last week we kind of talked about archetypes that people have been, you know, kind of mulling over and been playing. Um, I expect the major players to all be there. I definitely expect, you know, your Wind Water Mill decks to be there, uh, your Ice Earth uh, Tax kind of decks to be there, um, I, your variations of Mono Ice. The Mono um, Fire Bomb I, decks. I, I, those those decks surprisingly <laughs> have a really good match against the wind water decks. They sure do. Sometimes which I is, hear they uh, really they good. go undefeated in local tournaments. Yeah, and and that's kind of funny that that's you know that that's it's that's the the deck that hard counters. Well, not, I don't want to say hard counters, but has a fantastic matchup against you know the deck that's kind of. Right now, the low—it's not low key, but like the boogeyman, and it's it's Riku. Like we we could spend a whole podcast talking about you know some of these wind cards and why some of them should probably take a hike. But you know we've we've beat that horse into glue at this point. Yeah, it's Riku. It's Riku. Riku creates an alternate wind condition by herself. (laughs) Yeah, like there is the fact that milling is not viable as a strategy Mm -hmm. without her, and that even adding the cards that mill alongside her isn't even a better way to mill somebody yeah says a lot i think about the card yeah because you just play you play your zidanes as always to strip the answers out of your opponent's hand you're just milling you're playing all these cards that let you reactivate and do it again and and we we know this song and dance we're we're two weeks into opus nine or a week officially into opus nine 
and you know everyone knows that Riku's a problem, Zidane's a problem still. Um, but you know the deck I think it might be the best in the format right now, but there are decks that can beat it. Oh and, yeah, you know, and I think I think the the ice tax deck that we talked about uh, with the Garland, the Scale Toad, and Vane. Um, I I think Vane while. I know when we previewed him and talked about him, we said he was kind of a win more card, but no, he's actually the payoff in that deck. Because if you think about it, like, in this specific I mean, Ice list, Earth was, yeah. Right. And Ice Earth was very powerful, you know, last, um, last Opus. But now, you know, that early Scale Toad disruption, that early Garland disruption, now actually has a really solid payoff for it. Because you drop Vayne, and your opponent's not going to be able to save all of his stuff, if anything at all. And if they do keep saving their forwards, they kind of, you know, stall out their, you know, any sort of board state they can build, if that makes sense. Yeah. But, you know, so, like, I think it's absolutely wide open. And they're, I, I, I don't expect too many relatively, relative newcomer type decks, but I think the the ones that people are going to be looking at are the ones that we talked about again last week and I'm talking about the Final Fantasy 8 variations and cadets. I I think you're going to see a lot of those cuz I think those decks do have legs. Um I I think the 8 decks more so than cadets cuz I think cadets are fine but I think they're still a little too fair because they're literally the yeah, decks definitely just, you just have big bodies that are just relying on the good green cards. Yeah. But if I'm playing those good green cards, I'd rather just play a deck with good blue cards, and now here we are. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I agree with so. that. It's, it's definitely very fair. Because mm-hmm. when I does Cadets want to win? No, like mid-late game, which is when all these other decks are just like steamrolling in. Yeah. Exactly, exactly. So, I mean, I, I I can't wait to see what people do with it. I hope, there's, I hope there, we see some really unique you know, take on Cadets. Um, I think the Final Fantasy VIII decks are going to be there and in full effect because those decks are, you know, I think those are kind of the aggressive decks right now. Those are the low to the ground. You can you can go you can take your opponent from zero to five points of damage very very quickly with those decks. Yeah, you know, almost over the course of like a single turn or two turns depending on the variation. A lot of the so, times I win by taking them from like four to seven, or like three to yeah. seven. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, so I, at the end of the day, really, I, I do honestly think that it, it's, it's anybody's, it's anybody's game. And I say that because I, I don't think in practicing, yeah, people are testing, people are get, trying these decks, but I think there's still so much that people, there's so much of an unknown that you could easily just be caught off guard by something that you've never thought of you've never seen or something that maybe you didn't test against because maybe you just didn't have the time because you're like us and you're just, you can't put down fire emblem. <laughs> oh, I, it's so good. <laughs> We're having like an NWO situation here. Every time we start talking about final fantasy, like just Marth comes in with his black and white t-shirt. Dude, they like tied and- my hands to the chair so I can't grab my switch. Oh, that's, that, that's I'm in like a straight it, jacket, you know. <laughs> that's not me. That's my brother playing. Yeah, it's uh oh, oh, sorry. You guys hear Fire Emblem in the background? That's not me. It's my brother's no, just playing exactly. Fire Emblem. Yeah. Exactly. But no, um, like I, I think really that 
Gen Con's going to be an absolute blast. Um, it is a smaller tournament uh, as far as, you know, these Worlds qualifier spots goes. There's only 76, I believe. 76, 78. We talked about this last week, but it's less than 80. You know, I think it's 74, kind of, yeah. Focus in. Yeah. So, I mean, who knows? I it, It's anybody's game, and I'm really excited. Um, I'm, again, I'm playing in the Constructed. Um, I think I've got locked in what I'm going to play. But you know me, the the Adams Audible is something I could very easily do, and I'm I'm gonna have multiple decks with me just in case. We'll see how everything goes the night before, or really how I'm feeling the morning of. We'll we'll see what happens. Yeah, I mean, you know what? I think that there's a lot of right choices. So, yes, oh, that I think that's really the right way to put it. There are a lot of right choices. Um, and with that being said, again, very light weekend news. Um, you know, I hope to see, or I know I'm going to see everybody at Gen Con. I mean, except for you, obviously, because uh, <laughs> you're doing Arizona instead. Yeah. But, uh, but you know, I'll it's be there be a great in event. spirit. Yes, you will. You yes, mingle you with will. the people for me, Chris. I, you know what? I'll do enough mingling for everybody. That's right. Tell them I send my love. It'll be my cross to bear, sir. <laughs> but you know, we're just going to kind of dive in, and again, news was a little light. Um, so we're just going to kind of dive in into our main topic, and that's, you know, now that, you know, we've had a lot more hands-on time with Opus 9, you know, we're going to kind of go element by element and talk about a couple of cards in each element that we think have actually been impactful, regardless of how we've rated them. Um, just cards that have actually just really proven to be useful in some of these newer archetypes or in some of these existing archetypes. And I think it's only fair that we start with the one that's probably the least impactful, and that's that's fire. Hey, so <laughs> sorry, fire. Yeah, I know. So, John, you've been playing. You've been playing some fire decks, or you know, you've been playing cadets. Mm-hmm. Um, what's a what's a card, you know, in that element that has been, you know, that that has really just kind of been like made you go, wow, this this card has staying power, you know, moving forward. Shadow. Okay. No, I, I agree with that. I think yeah. Shadow's been one that's every, every he's what am I trying to say here? Most of these fire cards have been just overachievers, right? Um they're definitely uh they're definitely uh you know fighting out of their weight class. Um Shadow is definitely one of them. It it just makes it makes killing a forward that you have just a dangerous proposition because or you're gonna want to do it outside of combat or you're gonna get two for one. That's right. just kind of how it goes. Yeah, I um, mean, but I think it's no. Go ahead. Oh, sorry. I, I was just gonna say he he's not like crazy exciting, but he mm-hmm. gives fire this breakable backup that's relevant that like does enough to kill somebody. Like I had a couple turns where um, I did like okay, I can phoenix that guy, shadow that guy, and like mm-hmm. I can like actually clear the board. Very nice. Yeah, <laughs> to be able to remove some of those big sticky guys and. You know, he's a two-cost, another guy that consistently gets your six engine up earlier, and also even not mm-hmm. a, in the six deck. He's just fine. He's a good card. Yeah. Uh, yeah, he does the card, bomb thing, card dude. Overall. You know, you're putting bombs in the break zone. Mm-hmm. You're turning him on. It, exactly, yeah. That That's another great, because, um, you know, to kind of talk about, you know, the applications of a lot of these cards, or specifically Mono Fire, um, if you tuned in to the, uh, the Octagon Weekly Tournament, uh, you know, last week, which you should be doing. Nick, oh, obviously, obviously. <laughs> we'll be back again this Wednesday. Um, now, 
Nick Chanel won with a mono fire list that was taking advantage of a lot of these newer cards. Shadow, uh, Nail, which is actually the card I was going to talk about here in mm-hmm. a second. He was my second um, place card, yeah. Yeah. Um, but being able to trigger like something like Shadow just off of Bomb, it, it really lets you get over some things. And um, another great card from this set that kind of plays well with a lot of these cleave effects that have become really, really important in the game um is a card that i i wasn't too keen on but the more i see it get played the better i actually think it is and that's afrida i think i think afrida has actually been a just just kind of an overachiever kind of in the class of like ultros right where like i know a lot of people thought this card wasn't great or a lot of people thought it was really really good but i i think it's i think it's doing better than it should but it's because it's fire players are going back and looking at some of these older, you know, forgotten cards that have these area of effect damages. And if just plays really, really nicely into that. And that, and that's really what you're using it for. She's a three CP cleave the board. Yeah. I mean, Nick is playing the backup. It's like a two drop backup where you put it in the break zone. And if a forward mm-hmm. takes damage this turn, it takes a thousand more. And mm-hmm. that's all forwards. So mm-hmm. if Rita is just plus one, it's just, yeah, he was uh very very efficiently and often <laughs> wiping people's boards with cleave damage yeah. in the mono fire deck, and it was really fun to mm-hmm. watch. And you were and you were also seeing like chaos Mobius with Man Seven War Mech yeah, and Afrida for just a oh yeah, absolutely. And you were seeing just some really huge like Fina Valifor style plays coming from red cards, which is really really nice. Yeah, it was um, a treat. It was really cool. Yeah, no, absolutely. Kudos but to uh, him. like, I say what? Kudos to him. I said, man, he no, he's always in the lab or in the forge, as it were, smelting mm. new fire decks together, trying to. Yes, he is <laughs> trying to and figure he, it out. And it shows because uh, the one he played on Wednesday was really, really good, and he had to play through. I mean, he had to play through some like some pretty like familiar faces, like some familiar like top tier decks, and it, it worked out well for him. Yeah. Um, but I, I think, you know, we had kind of talked about it. I, I think Nail has been a very, very surprisingly good card. Um, just the fact that, you know, you, you most likely you're going to get some cards off of him when he comes into play, or him or her. Nail's a she, correct? Nail is a chick, yeah. Yeah. And it the fact that you could finish a game with her, you can you know you can swing because you can get, break a back or remove a backup from the game give it haste then you can start removing backups to you know to kill things um I, I think it's just a really good finisher for fire and i i think it's a card that is probably gonna dominate like with cloud is gonna be the you know pretty much become the standard top end of decks that are running fire at least that's at least in my opinion i, I think nail I think Nail's not going anywhere, and I think Nail is continuing the trend of these box toppers, these box topper legendaries that are still that are going to see play long after that sets out. Because Noctis is still a thing, Cloud is a very good card, and I think Nail just kind of falls right in line with all of that. Yeah, I agree, and that's nice too, right? Is that like thank mm-hmm. you for giving us value? Um, yeah. We've seen Nail do things that were, you know, pretty gross uh, for mm-hmm. a. I'm going to win this turn style push. 
And yeah. it turns out if you play the nail and, and they don't have something to deal with it, you just sacrifice all of your backups to kill two of their forwards and give nail haste. And uh, yeah. that's usually enough to win. So yeah. it's uh, it's definitely a real card. And the thing about nail is late game, if you're not seeing forwards, they're just backups you need to not draw anyway, right? So it's like you're mm -hmm. either drawing gas or you're getting to your gas faster. So yep. it's a good card. Yep, I agree. Now we can just kind of move on to ice because I think, um, you know, for the most part, you know, a lot of people think ice got a lot of love um, in Opus 9, and I, I am inclined to agree. Um, John, what card do you think from ice is going to have some staying power here, starting, you know, from starting at Gen Con on through? What 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 ice card do you think is going to be the most impactful? My God, dude. Okay, so it's, <laughs> <laughs> I have a list of questions. six, <laughs> like oh, seven, shit. eight nine ice cards like holy shit there are so many good ice cards yeah i didn't even like it didn't cross my mind how difficult it was going to be to pick until i pulled mm -hmm. them up um so personally i'm biased towards a couple of them so we'll skip right over those for mm -hmm. now but i think is, that is one of them ghost is one of them ghost one of them is ghost and one of them is renoa but i think that actual just like these cards are not going anywhere and we'll only ever mm -hmm. see more play uh backup lock Mm -hmm. One CP Zalera, and uh, the Dragon Man, the Ice Dragon is a Mono oh. Ice staple, I think, going forward. Yeah, no, I I agree with all of those. Um, and we'll, we'll, you know, because Locke was on uh, mine as well, and the the reason, and you know, I actually want to lump Locke and Renoa in in the same because you know, when you see these cards, we you know one of the things we talked about with Opus Nine is that name clash was very very real in this set but when i look at the new renoa who i think is just an absolute stud of a card and lock i like the fact that both of these cards while they share a name with very popular cards these cards do not go in the decks that those are in so mm -hmm. that name clash doesn't even matter and i think that's huge um yeah. and you know focus more on lock because of the fact that you know, you see a lot of these Ice Earth decks or some of these Ice decks that are only running, like, one particular card of a type, be it Monster or Summon. You play this, you're going to get something, and you're going to get the card you intend for it to get. Um, and yeah. in some lists, at the very worst, you just say Backup, and you know you're going to hit another Backup. So I, I think that card is absolutely fantastic, and I think... It's going to be a solid like one or two of in a lot of ice lists, specifically ice earth. Yeah, I play that card and say backup all the time, man. I mean, that card yeah. has just a very singularly powerful effect. Mm -hmm. um, and then Renoa, I mean, this rare is such a mm -hmm. payoff for the category that it created mm -hmm. two decks. Yeah, that's huge. I don't. I can't think of another card that's created two. And the thing is, they both play distinctively different. Yeah, I and mean, like it's like all of these, like so many of these eight cards. They're all the eight cards that don't see play. I think that's the other thing that's crazy. It's like they're literally all the eight cards that don't see play. <laughs> mm -hmm. All the all the ones that do see play, they go in a different deck. Like yeah. this rare unlocks like a binder of Final Fantasy eight cards. Like, Never Know is, mm -hmm. like, eyes on me, because I'm about to change some stuff around mm. here. Man, this card is a, is a perfect example of a rare that just does too much. 
and those cards are always good. I said that when we reviewed the set, I said that card does too much. And uh, mm -hmm. it was definitely, definitely true. Yeah. I was saying, and while we're talking about that particular type of deck, another card on my list was actually Vane. Yeah. Um, and we talked about him kind of earlier. Um, again, he's the payoff for that list where you're just going for that early disruption with Garland. Now you essentially have a finisher. And we kind of described him as a win more card. No, he's not. He's just kind of a, a win over the course of the next few turns and until you you're either going to you're either going to answer him or you're just not going to play anything. Yeah. He's a win sure card. Yes. <laughs> That's the best way to put it. He he makes sure you win. I guess if yeah. you get to if you get to the right spot, like if you get to that spot where it's the right time mm -hmm. to play him, he mm -hmm. is he's the padlock. But uh, I think there's a lot of people trying to squeeze him into decks that aren't built the right way. Where he's yeah, just kind of like, uh, he, he's like the fake bike lock. And people are like, yeah, <laughs> I'm just taking this bike, man. Like, <laughs> I'm not you, deterred you, you at just, all. <laughs> you just hung this over a tree branch. You're not even trying. I'm taking this. Yeah, I'm zero deterred. Yeah, exactly. But uh, uh, the other five drop. In this set, the Azure uh, Azure Dragon, yeah, that card is legit. That card is the real deal. That card is it, ice just... card. Ice yeah. card. It's a hit ninety nine percent of the time. Yeah, that's really good. And the fact that I, this card is just he just now part of that top end. And you know, we always talk about when we see new ice forwards, uh, especially like five drops. We're like, oh, it's such a crowded space at the top. This guy says, you know what? How about fuck that? You're making room for me. Yeah, me. yeah, it's uh, it, yeah, it was crowded, but it turns out that this guy, this is a diva, so front and center. Yeah, it's like somebody else is getting bumped off the stage. <laughs> yeah, it's like I don't see you on the list. Uh, he just like slips you. A, he doesn't even slip you a hundred dollar bill. He takes money from you. <laughs> says, "Why don't you check that list again?" They're like, "Oh, oh sorry, right we're uh, we're recasting the lead role." <laughs> exactly, exactly. But yeah, I, I agree with that. I think that card will be sticking around in ice decks for a very, very long time. It's just good. It does a lot. It does everything that ice decks want to do. Yeah, and I mean, it's a, it's a constant card advantage, like just machine, that mm -hmm. gives you a way to invest extra CP. Uh, I don't know, like the CP it's giving you mm -hmm. to do things. And I think that's really cool. Yeah. And, uh, you know, one more ice card, just because... Um, well, no, we both want to talk about ghost and I, and we're gonna, but first I do want to mention, give an honorable mention to, to, uh, Quistis mm -hmm. cards really, really good. And yeah, she does the, thing, the S ability is super good. It's super relevant <laughs> It's so because fun. at the, at the very worst, it's replacing the S that you used. Mm-hmm. And there's a good chance you're going to take something off the board with it. Yeah, I mean, you know, we're all floating. It's literally in the three, three to five CP range. kill a guy draw card. Yeah, basically, it's good. I think I think it's really good. But let's talk about Ghost for a second, John. I know, I know we both, are, you know, we're both going to be a little biased here. I think I think that card is amazing. It's really good. Um, I I think that I might have talked about this on the review thing, but I'm going to say it again anyway. Um, it's really important. People have said this to me a couple of times when I was talking to them about this card. They said. Mm -hmm. 
I get that, you know, you get to play him on the field, but if he doesn't work with Locke the way that, you know, people thought he did at first, um, you're just overpaying for this, this little weenie. And I said, well, no, you're actually paying one CP less to play this card, and here's why. This card costs one CP when he's in your hand, and also the card himself, the physical card ghost, and people will refer to that as, like, virtual CP or, or his actual CP mm -hmm. cost, right? So ghost mm -hmm. costs three virtual CP to play. And when I'm playing him mm -hmm. from my discard pile, I'm playing him for two CP, right? And I'm mm -hmm. not paying anything for my hand at all. It's actually huge. Again, it's something yeah. like I was just saying with the the dragon, is a way to invest your CP that is, like, something different than just playing another forward or backup is huge. Like, because mm -hmm. you'll get those turns where, oh, no, I just drew two backups. Well, okay, so let's use that fuel to do something. Mm -hmm. And I think Ghost is just a perfect example of, hey, as long as I have a card in my hand that is, like, a dead card, I can just mm -hmm. turn it into a forward <laughs> over and over yeah, again and, at good cost, a nice, efficient body. And, and I think, and right now, too, especially when you're talking about a, a meta where we're staring down the barrel of decks with six Famfrits in it, there's nothing bad about off of three backups, p tapping the three, Pitching the ghost, playing the setzer, putting the ghost into play. Yeah. And now now playing around the single fan for now, if you get deep dished, that's a little bit different. But now it forces them to have to pay for that larger summon instead of just like, oh, here's a setzer on an empty board. Here's a fan for it. Get fucked. But now you've got this this little one CP that can keep coming back to kind of soak up those fan frits. And I think that was that was a problem that, in my opinion, like the early game of Fire Ice had. But now, you know, Ghost kind of gets around that, if that makes any sense. I mean, yeah, I think it kind of steered people away from forward Setzer right into backup Setzer's open arms. Mm -hmm. Uh, mm -hmm. I think that it's definitely a Famfrit insurance policy that mm -hmm. that deck sorely needed. And Veritas yep. as well. Nope, I agree. I agree. So Ice, clearly a lot of cards that I think are going to stick around. And not just in Mono Ice, I'm talking about in other archetypes as well, clearly. Yeah, um, definitely a lot, no, of, a lot of good, solid cards for our different decks. Yeah. Ice. And, and speaking of a, another color with really good, solid cards, let's move on to Wind, John. Let's talk <laughs> Wind about has Wind. good, solid cards? Yeah, surprise, surprise, right? They went from, like, nothing to everything in, like, one set. This set, and they, it just keeps uh, happening. They like didn't do as hot as usual, but mm -hmm. they still did okay. Chris, let's talk about it. Yeah, um, I think I think the first one that comes to mind is Yizamat, and that's a card that like it, I feel like it's two different cards. Um, you you don't feel good when you have to hard cast it. It just doesn't feel great. But when that thing flips on a burst, it feels amazing john you know what it feels like do you remember the first time you ever had melted cheese on something i do that's what yizamat on a burst feels like you <laughs> you know what yizamat how know no another time yizamat feels good when you lend a special it back into play from the break zone when you arise that guy are how far yes. ahead do you have to be man 
But yeah, you don't. But yeah. That's the thing. You don't because a six CP Yasmat is better than a nine CP Yasmat. Yeah, and <laughs> you can just activate all your stuff, and it's like cool. Yeah, man. Uh, I don't think I've ever lost a game where I've used Arise. Yeah, no, it's true. It's absolutely true. <laughs> yeah, and just use them out on a burst. Just is such, just such a demoralizing ass beater. It's great. I, I think I think that card's really really good. Um, yes, it is expensive, but it's a card that every time it hits whatever zone it goes into, when it hits that well, other than the break zone, obviously, because <laughs> it, it actually when it hits the break zone too, because you're pitching, that's the best CP you could pitch at that time. Um, but when it hits the board, it does something you want, and it feels really good. When it hits the damage zone, oh, you just you can't be happier. So I think that I think that's a standout card. But I also think Wind has a sleeper card, and I think it's going to be the biggest sleeper of the set. And But, John, I'm going to let you talk about a Wind card first before we talk about that one, because it could be the same one. Well, I'm about to talk about the Magic Sisters, so... Duh, they're so good. It's not that one. Oh. That, that card's really good. That card's <laughs> real dumb. There's no, there's nothing under the radar about Magic Sisters. They're good. That card is dumb. Yeah, that card is just like... Um, <laughs> I'm going to make every draw after the turn you play this card better yeah every single draw better and then the next mm -hmm. time that you bring it back into play it makes every single draw for the rest of the game better again mm -hmm. <laughs> it's it uh it's definitely a card quality card it's a combo card it is fun in the sun yeah well and what's what's great is too is like you know a lot of times when you start looking at cards you're like uh do I need the full playset can I run two this is a card where you're like oh three of these and you don't bat an eye about it yeah no you're like oh there's forty seven slots in this deck exactly exactly and you obviously it shines in wind water um I you see people playing it in mono wind because I think it's I think it's that good I think if there's any deck that has any sort of I mean, because you don't even necessarily need like graveyard recursion. Just being able to have two copies of that in the break zone, yeah, just means now I've got a sticky forward that you've got to deal with at least two more times. Yeah, it's uh, and meanwhile, it's definitely good. I'm right, and while you're killing that forward, I get to make my draws more alive every time it comes back in. So, mm. card's really good. Card is really really good. Um, now, as far as the sleeper card, I know it's a card you're really high on, and I think I, I don't think a lot of people are talking about it. But uh, I'm talking about uh, Shimazai. Card is good. I think, I think that card is really, really good, and I think it's kind of under the radar for a lot of people. Um, it does a shit ton for two CP. I mean, a shit ton for two CP. Yeah. Um, uh, swinging out. Like, just being able to swing all the way out and just hold this mm -hmm. in your hand. Go ahead, your turn. Really good. Yeah. Um, I mean, and just the fact that you can replay some of those power backups or even just mm -hmm. unlock yourself no matter what in Wind mm -hmm. and Water, which have a lot of trouble with those, especially from things like Mion. Like, mm -hmm. oh, boy, great. That's something that lets me put Mion back in my hand. Mm-hmm. Well, it doesn't let you put Mion back in your hand. She's, it's three or higher. Oh, three or higher. Put, sorry, 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 sorry. Yeah, uh, let's be put. But you can put the Echoes back in your hand. You can put the Searchers back in your hand. You can put um, Echo, your opponent's Bron, Anthems back Leonora. in hand. Oh, the Anthems. Yeah. So so I'm just talking about what I can do for myself. Offensively, yeah. this guy gets rid of, like you said, all the Anthems. 
Minwoo. Minwoo. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, it's really fun, and it it's uh, the price is right. Yeah, and there's nothing better than if your opponent's one of those big Uniboys, and you just take that and yeah, put that back in your hand before my Veritas uh, dies. Yeah, I'm a big Uniboy, and I don't like Shemhazai being used against me. Yeah. Makes me sad. So I, I think it should. It should. Yeah. But I think I think those are absolutely fine cards, and I think they're I think they're ones that are that they're definitely going to stick around. Um, I think I think Shimizai is a sleeper, um, and I don't think I, I think people know it, and people realize the card's good. But I think it's going to be one of those cards that the more you start using it and just seeing just seeing it in play, I, I think that card's just absolutely just just nuts. Hard to find space, man. I get it. That it's it. hard. It is hard. It definitely is hard. Um, so next, let's go ahead and move on to Earth. Earth. Uh man, <laughs> this this one's tough, right? Because, like, truth be told, I haven't sleeved up an Earth deck yet. Um, and like, I know I want to play Core. I know I want to play Regis. I know I want to play, you know, um, like Bygen and Mist Dragon, but. I don't know. I I think Earth just in general is just kind of kind of meh right now. Um. So the fifteen Earth is like pretty fair, right? Just a bunch oh, of big guys. So um, it can be real annoying if they mm-hmm. kind of get the guys set up, or or if they do that, you know, the big dumb Earth mm-hmm. thing, just bop 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 go. Yeah, <laughs> like here are my yeah. here's my Noctis Gladio Ignis turn. Wow, this is actually well, a little scary, you know. But I think that that version of Earth, maybe, uh, like you said, it, it needs something else. It's it's a little eh right now. But the Earth cards that I'm seeing make a lot of impact are mm-hmm. just the ones that get splashed into the existing things. I mean, we're watching people playing Earthwind. They need to replace Dataluma. What are we doing? Well, I'm seeing a lot of this Vincent, a lot of this Cabranth, mm-hmm. a lot mm-hmm. of um what's his face miss dragon yeah miss dragon ridia i've seen a lot of people mm-hmm. trying i mean we were watching ridia's and, and this has been done to me locally ridia in that deck where they're playing three phoenix nowadays mm-hmm. so it's like phoenix yep. and diabolus they hit either of those off of that card that feels real bad mm-hmm. yep and and the best part is is the way she's worded the fact that you can just look Oof, yeah. and you don't have to reveal like right off the bat unless you take something yeah, you don't even have to. That's the nicest thing, is if it was yeah. reveal, you know, it, it's like, yeah, you're giving them all this free information. Mm-hmm. Look is like, oh, nope, oh, no, I didn't find one. That's all right, I'm but just I just made, I just cleared all this junk off the top of my deck. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, uh, yeah. it's definitely, I mean, it, it's a card where the guy locally who was playing it has already taken it out of his deck. You know, it, it'll mm-hmm. reward you some days and punish you some other days. Any of those reveal cards, I I, I have no good luck with those. But, um... I, Even I think Quistus? That, look, dude, I have missed Quistus more times than I should. Yes. Oh, that's I, awful. Like, like, I like her and I'll play her. But yeah, dude, my luck, it rears its head for sure when I'm playing that deck. It's a it's a guarantee, man. I I have revealed zero in that Chocobo deck. That has happened to me, so don't even. <laughs> it, it's very real. Um, but Vincent, Vincent is a card where I wasn't so sure 
that he was going to see a lot of play. I thought it was kind of cool in the Final Fantasy VII deck that he could mm-hmm. break some of those EX burst, search, he back up, do whatever things. But, um, nope, Vincent's actually been real gross with things like a Pururu. Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. Just, uh, I'll break a Pururu and play another 2CP a Pururu to get anything back. And, mm-hmm. uh, Vincent having his way with my backups isn't fun either. And 8K, again, the, the same reason that we like Shadow. Real relevant mm-hmm. amount of damage. Yeah. No, I agree. I agree with that. You know, when you think Mono Earth and you think Final Fantasy fifteen, and if we're talking about cards that are going to have a lasting impression, um, obviously Core and Regis are cards that are always going to see play as long as the Final Fantasy fifteen engine is a thing. So... While yeah. they're not lighting the world on fire, those are cards that are they they're staple they are yellow staples and they're not going anywhere. Yeah, so. I agree. Um, I think that Bagon is a card that we see mm-hmm. going in certain decks, but maybe isn't as everywhere as people made it seem like he would be at first. Mm-hmm. And I think I said this last week, and I still think Larkishus is a card that will see more play over time. Mm-hmm. That, that, that's your sleeper earth card yeah it's my sleeper earth card is Larkisha's for sure though i will say this i do like the interaction of bomb and bygan from that master's list i think that's a really neat um if you have to pull the trigger that's just a good all right wipe your opponent's board yeah let's do it yeah and that's it's what 11k that you're doing it's 4k plus another seven yeah so yeah. 11k yeah, nothing's, nothing's surviving that. Yeah, nope. Yeah. So so I think that's fine. Um, Earth, again, very lackluster, and I, I hope to see somebody do something with it because right now it's just, it's just kind of there. Now let's talk about water. Um, obviously, you know, the, the card on – the most impactful card in Morum. Morum. There's just no – yeah, there's just no two ways to that. We've beat we've beat that horse to death, and we're just going to move right past. Um, any other water cards? Do you think they're going to that have staying power? They're going to stick around for a while. Okay, so um, I guess I'm biased towards water. I mean, I say I guess. I mean, mm-hmm. I'm 100 percent biased. I play water a lot, and I play weird water a lot. Um, so I think that. The card that is going to stick around that other people are playing, I think the right answer to your question is Fanfrit. But mm-hmm. my answers to your question are Cecil and Ultros, actually. Mm-hmm. The more I play Ultros, the better he gets, dude. That card is good. I think so, too. I I, I 100% think he's an overachiever. Um, and that and that's not even me being biased. Yes, it's a big body, but I, I, I think... You know, and when you're when you're talking about water and you're looking at big bodies, like obviously the first two that come to mind are Cloud of Darkness and Lena. But and I, I you know, I'm counting Veritas as a water card. Let's be honest. Um, but I I think you can play ultra a play set of Ultros and not feel bad about it. Um, it again, it's a sticky resilient body, which you know that you know water and wind both got you know got to you know get their taste of that in this set. Um. And I, I think the cleave is relevant, and it's another one that, like, just like when Mac, uh, with Magus Sisters, they clear your draws up the more you kill them. Mm-hmm. When the more Ultros dies, just the better that cleave ability becomes, and now all of a sudden your 
your Layla's are out of range or your Layla's aren't safe. Um, all these little small, like, you know, like Zidane's aren't safe if you have cards in hand. Um, and it's just a great in conjunction with things like Bismarck or Leviathan, um, Nickel. Like it just, it just unlocks those cards a little bit more. Not that they really needed it, but there's nothing better than cleaving something for, you know, 3K or 4K and then dropping a Cognazzo. And then that's just, that's a board wipe without a scholar. Yeah. I mean, honestly, the amount of times that I have killed Zidane, Layla, and Viking with Ultras. Mm-hmm is gross dude you attack you let that resolve and then before blockers i fan for it i have mm-hmm. cleared out all of your little shitty dudes mm-hmm. and then i'll get rid of my porum i guess and yeah. it has just been insane it's turned kooka lanes nickels and kags into easy kills mm-hmm. it has been awkward as hell at a 10k for people to get off mm-hmm. my board because diablos doesn't really fix the problem Mm-hmm. And I'm happy for you to sink a Diabolus in this guy. Like, please. Yeah. Damn. Um, yeah, absolutely. I played him against, like, another Mono Water player. I was playing Ultros, and he was trying out, like, the Famfrit, the 6-drop Famfrit. And mm-hmm. he kept getting Porum and getting 6-drop Famfrit. And he cast 6-drop Famfrit on me four times. And, mm-hmm. like, I was fine. <laughs> I-, I literally yeah. had to take no damage. I didn't get hit once, and mm-hmm. I just, like, Ultros was still on my board until the fourth time. Every time he's attacking, yep. doing plenty of stuff. And then I think I arised him. And like I said, I don't think I've ever lost a game <laughs> where yep. I've arised somebody. But yeah, like, just Ultros is, like, I like I said in the review, I think I said exactly this. If you're going to remove him, you better remove him three times. Yeah. Uh, and then, and yeah, fine. sure, if I draw him, it feels pretty bad. But, uh... In the middle of the game, sometimes you just get an Artemisian, stick those ultras back in there. Oh yeah, and sometimes too, you don't feel bad if you if you pitch one to play one. Then you're like, oh, yeah, okay, no, now my now I've got a three k three k cleave right off the bat. Yeah, it's so, a it's just a good like I said, water likes sticky cards, man. Water is all about having guys on the board that stick around. So yep, ultras. No, I agree. A plus card. Yep, I agree with that. 100%. And um, and I agree with you. I could talk about Cecil and Rosa all day long. I think those cards, I don't, I don't think they, I don't think they're going to be cards you see in a lot of decks. I hate to say it because I think they're both good cards. Um, but I want to be wrong. These are two cards I want to be wrong on. But I, I think as far as, you know, just kind of sticking on theme of what we were talking about, having like impact and lasting impression, mm-hmm. I think obviously Porum is the big winner. Yeah. Um, but I would also, I could easily see Ultra sticking around in a lot of water decks, just no pun intended. Um, I, I just think anytime you have a resilient threat like that, that doesn't really require you to, you know, it's not like Vanille, where like Vanille has something like that. And a lot of people, if you're playing Earth cards, you're running, you know, you're dedicating the nine cards to it. Well, what's so great about Ultros and Maga Sisters is that it's just a three card commitment. Also, dude, and, like you're increasing the quality of all your draws versus Vanille, where like mm-hmm. that sucks, dude. Like, sure, yeah, she you're has losing five your lines, you're losing your summons. To, yeah, to and they're her. good summons, and it's like, oh no, right. I guess I lost another fight hackathon share. It's yeah. like that feels pretty bad, and then you draw another Vanille, like bleh, nope. Instead, yeah. uh, how about I just get rid of Vanilles to make Vanille keep coming back to life? Seems like the absolute most efficient way to do it. 
Turns yeah. out it is. Yeah, and like with Ultras, like you said, oh, I'll pitch this dead backup to get another one. Or mm-hmm. Magic Sisters, I'll just remove this one from the game, get another one, and clean up my draws. Oh, wow, like, this 2CP unit in my hand <clears throat> just became Ultras. <laughs> yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like, And, and I, I think that's what separates them, and I think that's why I think that's what's going to give Ultros staying power. If Ultros couldn't um, bring a copy of himself from the deck and put it into play... Mm-hmm. Uh, and he wasn't able to do that like at any time. Like the fact that he can do it on their turn, mm-hmm. uh, that's what makes it a good card. Otherwise, it yeah. would be subject to the same problem as all the five drops that don't do anything when they come into play. But yep. this guy, it's a lot harder to send him packing without him, you know, making you mm-hmm. feel like he's been around. Yeah, and again, it goes back to on your opponent's turn when they're attacking, you flip a fan for it. You're like, yeah, I'll get rid of my ultras. So now you've got a body that's ready to swing next turn and you've gotten rid of one of their threats. Like that that's not bad. Like how 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 can that be bad? Yeah, right? oh, I guess I'll power up my ultras. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. So, yeah, I think I think Porum and Ultras are the two big winners in water. I think um, Fanfrit Fanfrit's also like I said earlier. Fanfrit, I think Fanfrit, Fanfrit is an was excellent quote, card. Unquote, the right answer. Um I yeah. still don't like it a ton, but I am admitting of being wrong to an extent it, it, it the card's obnoxious right like it's just absolutely obnoxious it costs a lot man i mean somebody there was definitely a person i played this weekend who dug himself a hole he could never climb out of by casting that card mm-hmm. too often and mm-hmm. i think that it's not always just good like the other one is often mm-hmm. you're often making either a neutral play or plusing whereas this mm-hmm. is in, outside of like a very specific situation, this card costs a mm-hmm. lot. And even killing one or two of their guys, even if you kill two guys, unless they're two good guys, you know, like I sacked a Layla and an Ultros and then a Viking and a Layla. And even like if you get one of my main forwards, it's like, man, that's an eight CP essentially. I told him after the third mm-hmm. one, I go, dude, you've spent 24 CP on Fanfrit and you're still losing. Like yeah. you should probably be paying for something else. But in those decks yeah. where like you're already milling me and I'm trying to mm-hmm. now race you, that's mm-hmm. where he's really good. Is like, okay, yeah. well, actually, get rid of those guys while I keep milling you. Mm-hmm. And sure, so that's why I say it's definitely a good card, but I think it's a little bit of a trap. And I think mm-hmm. maybe three is like a little bit too much, but... Again, I, I'm already, you know, saying I'm I'm a little bit wrong about this guy, so I'm sure I'll just be all the way wrong, and this will just be a big, big deal card. Yeah, no, and that that's fine. That's fine because it easily could be. It's got it's got all the right moves. Checks yeah. a lot of boxes. He's got all the right moves. He gets out there that's on the right. dance floor, and you're like, this guy belongs here. <laughs> Absolutely. He's, he's been in a club before. Oh yeah. He's no stranger. Yeah. Right. he's no wallflower that's for sure that's right uh and then kuka lane i think is uh is like one of those fringe cards i think a lot of people are just splashing them in mm-hmm. because it has those interesting applications but mm-hmm. i don't know that it's specifically solving any real problem i think he's just kind of along for the ride because right. that is worst he's a cantrip so yeah and that's never terrible never ever um but but I, I I agree with you. I think that's a card that has a huge question mark beside it and i think that's gonna be a card that's gonna Real, the value of that card's really going to be determined by, you know, how good certain cards are moving forward. Like, is Yishtola still going to be a thing this meta? 
Um, because you know the funny thing is, in all the games I've played in Opus Nine, I've maybe seen like one Yastola. Dude, come to my store and play against the guy who is only playing literally the closest thing that he could get to Earth, Wind, Down, Aluma. Mm-hmm. And you'll see Ishtola's man left and right. Oh, Ishtola, I'm it. still just over here dealing with fucking Ishtola, Phoenix, Diabolos, Riku, Mill, not Wind, Water. And it's like mm-hmm. so much more annoying. I wish people... <laughs> like Phoenix is so annoying to come from a deck that's forming you. Like Phoenix is mm-hmm. a Dane in. It's just like, yeah. oh, bleh, please stop. Bleh. Yeah, bleh. That's awful. <clears throat> That's awful. Now the last main element. Uh, let's go ahead and talk about lightning. I think, um, I think the card in lightning, and I, I, I feel like there's just like really one, <laughs> like Maybe. one right answer. And I think that I think that's Maya. It's Maya. That yeah. card's dumb. That so, card is really really good. So we knew that it was going to be Maya. Like like when we saw Maya, we went, okay, this card does a lot. It's an on curve body yeah. that has a, I can do three things. Uh, mm-hmm. well, let's see what else Lightning gets. Alright, back to Maya. So, Maya <laughs> is a pretty much. cool... Like, Jesus, dude, man, what happened? You know what, we were... I wasn't even really thinking of Lightning as, the as like, a, an outsider, right? Yeah. And then, when we got that statistic at the end of the last set, we're at Virginia. The mm-hmm. only Lightning cards in top 32 decks, the only Lightning cards in Day 2, were mm-hmm. Uri Andrews that were in Earth Wind. Or mm-hmm. one Scion deck. That's it. Yeah. And it's like, wow, what happened to Mono Lightning? Well, this happened to Mono Lightning, man. All these little damage packet, all these little tricks, all these little undercurve guys with haste, these these things just don't cut it, man. And it's like, right. look at the bursts that they have. I don't even care about flipping any of these. That Adea is bad. The Odin is mm-hmm. like really situational. Reeve mm-hmm. is confused. I don't know. He's like, he's mm-hmm. lost. He doesn't belong in this card game. I think maybe he's looking for chapters where there must be like <laughs> more cards to interact with him or something. Hey, mm-hmm. here was a chance for us to put the word member of the Turks as his job. We chose not to do that. So <laughs> I think that we made, we made a very specific decision to put this Reeve in like in the corner and just tell him to sit there and wait. <laughs> Like I mean, it's a uh, it's a little strange. I think I would have liked to have seen like an Elena and a Sang, or just like some yeah. more Turk backups. I would have liked to have seen something. Like, remember how we were talking about how the Ice Final Fantasy Eight cards brought all these cards that you don't play, mm-hmm. uh, all of these Final Fantasy Eight cards that you don't see play in. Well, unfortunately mm-hmm. for Lightning in this set, uh, it means that. There's another cipher and another idea that are just really great that didn't see much play that we're gonna play all the time now, and this cipher mm-hmm. is just like late to the party, man. It's like I'm just gonna play the one of you that searches for a witch, <laughs> and then yep. this and idea. And they grab the best witch in the game. Grab I don't know why Mia I would and... ever play this idea ever. No, <laughs> like literally ever. No. I don't know why. Yeah, At it's... least the other backup puts the good one into play. This one mm-hmm. is just in the way. Mm-hmm. Uh, Kane is a card that I liked a lot more, and then the first person ever to mm-hmm. play it and give me, you know, I've played this card against another player feedback was Hunter. And I said, mm-hmm. Hunter, what happened to that, you know, the Lightning Water deck? And he just replied, I didn't realize Kane was terrible. Yeah. <laughs> which, which to me said, <laughs> you know, he thought it was good and he played it, and then when he played it, he realized, like, oh man, this maybe isn't, you know, 
Turns out paying yeah. eight is is gonna be something that you actually think about doing sometimes. <laughs> yeah. Because you don't want to just break the backup, and then you're like, yeah. "Well, man, this eight cost isn't very good." <laughs> so, uh, yeah, because that eight like cost opens them up to, well, right, and being an eight cost opens them up to every piece of removal on planet Earth. Well, yeah, it turns it's out like, the right, I've got that. Well, well, right, it's like, oh, I just played this cane. All right, kill that thing. All right, go to combat. Oh, wow, that's a Yuzumat. Yeah, all right, so now I'm down a backup yeah. and a body. Mm-hmm. You know, it's, yeah, I, I don't I don't think that card's, I don't think the card's great. And I, man. Um, Azul doesn't do anything. Golbez, mm-hmm. 1-800-GAMBLER. You know somebody yeah. who, likes to, who likes to play Golbez. Um, mm-hmm. Like, and I guess there were Final Fantasy fourteen forwards. I, I don't think that anyone's going to play them. So, nope. I don't know. It is um, swing and a miss. Lightning is kind of like Earth in this set. I think both of them just kind of, they're, they're here. Like, no confidence at all. They're just they're, Make way for there. Prince Ali, dude. Here comes Ice down the, just down the <laughs> main right. drag, dude. Just, like, looking Try, Oh, man, look, look at Look at these ice cards. Look at these wind cards. Like, like it's like God, like a young Marlon Brando. Look at this guy. Wow, Such here, here's confidence. some cool, refreshing water, dude. Here, enjoy. Mm-hmm. And uh, I think the weird thing is, you would have really liked to have been saying that about lightning and earth. This, you would have really liked to have seen one of those elements have something kooky, because Warriors of Darkness mm-hmm. didn't cut it, and uh, nope, and wind water and ice are they're just still kind of the boogeyman and i yeah. guess i guess me sitting here saying i wish earth had gotten something great they're like well i mean <laughs> how you know earth's been around forever well yeah but they banned out Aluma, and there's like just a vacuum just this massive a super massive mm-hmm. black hole in the void where the payoff that was Dataluma used to be and all of a sudden mm-hmm. earth is like just big dumb forwards again or like really good recursion and card advantage for some crazy monster mm-hmm. deck i'm sure we'll see sam prime playing in the future but yep. all of the in between so, like you said is the final fantasy 15 guys and it's just like mm-hmm. not enough now i will say this um and I, I i did forget it until just now i think there is one earth card that i completely missed and that's Sid Garland. I, was gonna say I think Sid. That, I, I I think that card will be an Earth State, but but I think it's gonna go. It's 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 literally you're now running two miners and one of this guy instead of three miners. That's really all that says to me. But he's only as good as Earth, right? And so yeah, I, I was gonna much. say that he I think is a crazy good card, but and then immediately after followed it up with the thought in my head of like, but I'm not gonna be playing Mono Earth right now. So he kind of goes in the like. Man, I'm gonna be so good one day, pile. Mm-hmm. No, I agree with that 100. percent Um, and it's just a shame because I like I want to play yellow cards. I I kind of want to try my hand at purple cards, but outside of Mia, there's really not much of a reason in this set to or I, give many many of the new cards really a second glance. Um, I I think you know. What am I trying to say? I don't know. I'm 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 grasping at straws, but I I think Maya is as advertised, and I think it's just an absolute fantastic legendary. Yeah, the only other lightning card I maybe have something to say about is Bahamut Zero. Um, I think it's a cool summon for like lightning. Always had the dull guys, 
type of element mm -hmm. in it kind of hidden in it somewhere i think that's a cool mm -hmm. payoff summon for going that route where ramu in the past was like the only summon that lightning mm -hmm. had that kind of paid into that and wasn't mm -hmm. really huge because it's like i don't know it's it's more awkward than not most of the time in those decks so i think so i will say this cool. I, I think bahamut zero is a card that i think it, it's going to go the way of like raiden that you're gonna see it like as a one of and like some wacky decks and you're like dude you oh, put one of that thing in scions be afraid yeah that's what i'm saying i i think it's i think it's a good like one of like gotcha bitch kind of card yeah but the thing I mean? is it, it's not it doesn't cost an arm and a leg this isn't a hail mary it's just like a yeah like a pump fake like mm -hmm. it's like Oh, my investment on tricking you is very small here, and if you catch me, it's not horrible. I still, you know, probably got something mm -hmm. out of it. But until they hit you with that, you would they attack. Oh, that's a Yasmat. I'll just activate all my characters. Thanks for playing. It's <laughs> alright. I cast one at somebody who <laughs> doled his own guy, and I was just like, "Yeah, I'll call it out a day." What's funny is he was borrowing my Mono Earth fifteen. And he was actually doing really well with it. And we, we met up in the finals of local on Thursday. And uh, mm. I was playing um, uh, Mono Water. But mm -hmm. I, or sorry, not Mono Water. I was playing uh, Ice Lightning. Mono Water was Saturday. Ice Lightning, because I'm casting mm -hmm. this Bahama Zero. And uh, like you said, I have the one of, right? To just kind of finish things mm -hmm. off. And he's like, uh, in response, he's like, that's an active guy, right? And I'm sitting there thinking, I built this damn deck, dude. I know that there's no Titans in it. How's he going to mm -hmm. dull his own guy? Oh, Miss Dragon. <laughs> yeah, I'll do it. yeah, Miss Dragon. Uh, blow up. Yeah, I'll dull my guy and draw a card or whatever, draw, or dull and no damage or something, and I'm just like, uh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah and I, I guess I'm going to cut Bahamut Zero. But um, I think that in some decks, like you said, the one of maybe, maybe it's good enough, but it definitely, uh, you can get punished like I did. Yeah. No, I agree. I agree. And then just to kind of round things off and just finish up the cast, uh, let's talk about Light and Dark, because I think Light and Dark cards this set are actually not terrible. So, Chris, have you had anybody around you play, or have you experimented at all with Wall since last we spoke? Uh, I have not, because I haven't been playing any Light cards at all. The only, uh, I, I mean, yeah, I haven't been playing any Light cards at all. Um. That's the fair. Only... I was just saying, I, I was just curious if uh, if you had gotten a chance to take a look at him again, because we did talk to about him a little bit. I haven't tested him at all since. Mm -hmm. I was just curious, that's all. Well, no, I, I think the theory behind him is sound. Um, I think you know he has a very relevant job. Um, I think the card's decent. Um, I think the card's better than initially thought. Um, I don't think it's going to have any staying power, honestly. Um, uh, no, I don't think told, he's don't the think... new like Veritas. No. I just think that he's no. a good card. That's all. <laughs> it, it, he's, he's a good card. I th I think he's very niche and he'll show up in some decks. Um, but I, I think as far you know from a light and dark standpoint, I think the two big winners I think are both the dark cards. I think the lock is a strict title card. God um, damn, dude! Why is the lock so bad? It's so heartbreaking. The hero dark card is so good. <laughs> yeah. 
like I, I'm a huge fan because I was uh, I was actually doing some playtesting with uh, Fire Ice Six today. Mm-hmm. Emperor Gestal was nothing but gas. Dude, 5CP, develop a backup, kill that guy, no ifs, Develop and a relevant fuss, backup. No muss, no fuss, it's on, he's dead. Ugh. Like, That's you right. lose, you stole fizzy lifting drinks. Yes. <laughs> Just, you know, like, That's I right. mean, yeah, it is black and white, clear as crystal. Uh, <laughs> it's an A+. The card's good. Yeah. The card is good, and the fact that again it's searchable in that archetype, and if you're if you want to commit to because here's the thing you don't even need to play a dark forward, and that's how I'm playing it. Like I don't need the cam, I don't need a Gaudes. I'll just play it, kill something. I'll le- I'll let it stay on my backup line as long as I need it to, and then when I'm done with it, you know what? I'll just break it. Oh, and no one plays around the second one. Here's another one. Ooh, from the top rope. Yeah, like I th- I think. And the reason I think that card is good, um, while I think it's going to stick around, or I think it's going to see play, is because it gives Fire Ice... Like, Fire Ice does not really have any straight break effects. Like, at all. It's all just dull and freezy. You know what card is a problem for Fire Ice? Aerith. Forward Aerith. You know mm-hmm. what that... And, and cards like Minwoo. You know you know what those cards do? Those cards say, Laswell, you're not doing shit. Yeah. Laswell, and is such an, an important showers. part. Right. But now you can just be like, you know, now you can just play this 5CP backup, kill Aerith, which is fine. Um, and obviously Min was still a problem at that point. But still, the fact that I've developed a backup, I've dealt with a problem card, or um, just a card that maybe you just can't get around. Maybe dulling and freezing doesn't work. Um, how about something like Ash, for instance? You know, if there's no Rassler on the backup line, because you're, you know, you're seeing people play Ash, but you're not seeing Rassler... Gestalt Empire, that thing. I literally did she... that on Saturday. Do what? I literally did that on Saturday. Oh, Ash Rassler? Or he broke, no, or I Gestalt Empire said an Ash. Yeah. Yeah. Just broke that. How, how how great how great does that feel to just Emperor just, boop, she's dead? Yeah, it was really nice because I'm looking at my Phoenix, I'm looking at my Glazia, and I'm like, oh man, these are really bad against her. Oh, I'll just search for Gestalt and Empire said. Or, or sorry, Emperor yeah. Gestalt. And put him on the yeah. backup line. Off three backups. Oh God, it felt so good. Yeah, and now you know you can get to a point in the six deck where it's like your five backups are Edgar, Shadow, Duke Lark because you're not stupid, uh, Banana Sid, and uh, Emperor Gastal. So yeah. Lock will always be coming down for the rip. Mm-hmm. And Cell is just always. on, always on. Yeah, exactly. And and yeah, Celis absolutely. So I, I think that card is impactful, and I don't I don't want to downplay Chaos Mobius. I think that card is really really good. I don't think it's a Fire Ice card. I think it's a Mono Fire. Hey, it's a Mono Fire I, Legend. I, yep, pretty much. And like I I I think that card is impactful the same way Ifrita is impactful. Um, that's your Fina Valifor essentially for Fire decks. So. Yeah. Uh, Nick Nell showed us the light yeah. on that cleave. I think. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I think the light cards were duds. They're they're not they're not going to see any play. Um, but I think the dark cards have lasting power. I think I think Emperor Gestal is the most noteworthy. Um, just because it's if he wasn't category six, we probably wouldn't be having this conversation, honestly. And it's crazy to think about that, right? Because mm-hmm. the forward, light forward, is also category six, and yep. he's not even in the discussion. 
It's like, yeah, be- man, this side, this category six synergy is so good. It's so good. Oh, well, Locked is two well, different things for category six. Okay, but nope, because he has counter synergy well, it's, with it's, the it's, best six card. Right, and, and I think that I think that's funny because we literally just talked about how the other lock was great because it, while it does share the name, it doesn't go in the deck that this lock tries to go into. There's no if I'm playing a category six heavy deck, there is zero reason for me to play the light lock over the good ice lock. There just isn't. Dude, the only payoff in other colors is uh Cyan can give him brave and uh I guess set uh, Strago can yeah. bounce something. Like yeah. like the only payoffs oh, technically Mog six, right? But it's like mm-hmm. come on, man. Like ice yeah. is the core of all the six synergies. So you're yep. gonna be playing lock. It's yep. frustrating. The, the only the only six deck I would play this lock in, and I said it during the set review. If I'm playing like a mono fire like six build, then I'm probably considering <laughs> this guy. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. If, we are let me digging. let me just take twelve bad cards out of the binder so I can make a mono fire Final Fantasy six deck. It, it, and you start with three General Leos. It's General Leo, Setzer, Shadow, and Cyan, baby. Let's go. Get them. Get them. Do you em. want to talk about exceptionally fair? Oh, that that right there. Yeah. And they're not even that big. That's the worst part. Yeah, let's see. I gave up Locke, Sellas, Setzer, and Gestalion Empire Sid to play those cards. So. Yeah. Oh, I could squeeze well, I think, the and, light and here's lock the in real there. Rub. Like, what the? Yeah, uh, what 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 planet am I on? So, yeah, yeah. planet but, dark you know, cards are better than light cards. Yeah, turns out, turns out they they've kind of flipped that back on its ear. Um, but really, that's it. We're 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 now entering a new frontier. This is week one of Opus Nine. Um, these are the cards that we think are going to have lasting power. Some that you know I think are pretty impactful. Um, you know, drop us a line. Let me know what you think. What cards do you think from each element that are going to have some staying power? What do you think we're going to see, you know, come Opus 10, come Opus 11, 12, if some of these cards are still going to be big parts of these decks that we're talking about. But, uh, you know, only time will tell, John. That's really that's really all I got. Yeah, that's it. I mean, let me know if uh, I'm super wrong about Ultras. Tell us, tell us I, how I, wrong we are. Yeah, I, I, I want you to tell me. But also, too, like, I want you to tell me that, like, if you're, if you're going to tell me I'm wrong about Ultros, I want you to tell me about all the fun you're having playing that card, too, because that, that goes hand in hand. Yeah, if you're not trying to, I don't want to hear your criticism. I'm Correct. lying. I'm lying. I want to hear all your criticism. Absolutely. Through our but, discussion, you know, we will grow. We'll that, get that support indeed, level we up. We'll get that support oh, level that's to right. rank B. God, I need to get to rank B on that support. It's almost tea time. But with that being said, that's all I've got for this week. You know, guys, as always, thank you for listening. John, do you have any parting thoughts? Uh, it is tea time because it's time to go play Fire Emblem. Heard that. He's been, he's been, what, what was this message 20 minutes ago? Hurry this thing. And no, I'm kidding. You didn't say anything. <laughs> oh, is that the switch starting up? That's <laughs> just my brother. It's just Exactly. Exactly. But no, uh, you know, we'll be in Gen Con next week. Um, I don't know if we're doing a cast next week because I know next Sunday we're driving pretty much the entire day. Um, we may do something while we're there, like we did last year. I think because they're like right around, like literally two blocks around the corner from 
the convention center. There's a car, there's a hobby shop, and that's where Eric Davis and the Indie Arch Fiends play. Um, and that's where we did the podcast from last year while we were there. So we may do something like that again this year. I'm not sure. Um, we're going to try our best to get something done, but if not, there's a lot going on. So we'll see what we can do. But uh, other than that, I've got nothing else. That's it for me. As always, guys, thanks for listening. See you next time. See you at Gen Con. Hey, everybody. Thanks for listening once again to the RVA Returners podcast. If you like this content and you want to hear more, check us out on YouTube at RVA Returners. And make sure you follow us on SoundCloud and check us out on Google Play and iTunes. Bye.